MobyCraft is a client-side Minecraft mod to manage and visualize Docker containers. MobyCraft was created by Aditya Gupta, who is a 13-year-old. I met him at DockerCon, where he gave a presentation about the project, and he also discussed his interaction with the Netflix team, who integrated MobyCraft with their container management tool called Titus. You can watch a video online of Titus managing hundreds of 3D containers within Minecraft using Aditya's tool, MobyCraft. In this episode, we discuss how and why Aditya built MobyCraft and how he got started programming at such a young age. Before we get to this episode, a few quick announcements. One is that the Software Engineering Daily community is building an open-source news and information site about software. I think this is a really important project. It's being led by Jeff Tribble, who is a loyal member of the Software Engineering Daily community, and he's a great software developer. If you are a developer working with React.js or Node.js or any other front-end or back-end technologies, check out the Software Daily repo, which you can find by going to softwaredaily.com. This is an open-source project right now. We don't have any plans to monetize it. Uh, You can also go to softwareengineeringdaily.com where you can find out how to become a host. You can find links to the Slack channel. I would love to see you in the Slack channel. I'd love to see tweets from you. You can find the Twitter. You can also find my email. Please send me an email. Let me know what's going on in your life and what technologies you use, why you listen to this podcast, how I can improve. You can also find links to the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter, which is being uh, curated by Erica Hawkinson. She is the uh, uh, engineering technical editor. Aditya Gupta is the creator of MobyCraft, a client-side Minecraft mod to manage and visualize Docker containers. Aditya, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Uh, thank you. You built a way to manage Docker containers within Minecraft. Why would you build this? Well, actually, I was inspired by another project. This project was called um, DockerCraft, and it was the same thing, but it's a server-side mod, while mine is a client-side mod. And the difference is that a client-side mod has more capabilities, like adding new blocks or new entities or whatever. But yeah, ultimately, I was inspired by another project. Can you talk more about that difference and just describe what the two projects are and how they differ? So, um, Dockercraft, I think, is also... The mine is called Mobicraft, the other one is Dockercraft. Dockercraft is also uh, in its early stages. And Dockercraft is a server-side mod, meaning you put it on a server and anybody can join that server and still have that mod. It is very similar to mine, but mine is client-side, where you put it on your client. And um, the only difference between the two, really, is that With the client-side mod, you can add new blocks or new items or whatever else. But server-side mods have more limitations. Did you think of this as a practical tool, or was this just like a fun proof of concept? It's kind of both. I mean, you could use it as an actual tool if you wanted. But it also just helped me learn about Docker and learn some more Java. To what extent did you understand Docker before you started this project? I actually didn't. I only knew that my dad worked with uh, with Docker, um, but he he taught me a lot about it through his project. Okay. So I saw you speak at DockerCon, and you gave some numerical measurements of your skills with different technologies. 
And yeah. on a scale of one to ten, you said that you are a two at Docker, a five at Java, and an eight at Minecraft. What yeah. does it mean to be that fluent and in Minecraft? What is it? What does an eight skill level indicate? Well, I think it really just means I've played the game a lot, um, and I've learned a lot about it. I I know a lot about it. That's really it. So what experience with it? What kind of things do you know about in Minecraft that somebody that is much less than an eight skill level would know? Well, like right now, I don't remember all them because I haven't played in a long time. But I remember, I actually when I was when I used to be bored, I sat down and read the wiki and just looked for random facts and trivia and whatever. And I used to remember a lot of those, but not not much much anymore. Okay, when did you first get into Minecraft? I think it was actually my ninth or tenth birthday, where my aunt gave me um, twenty six dollars to buy an account, and ever since then I was hooked. And I played for like three or four years before I stopped. What are the things that you can program within Minecraft once you become sophisticated enough to start programming? Well, like I've I've actually made a mod that adds tons of new blocks, new items. Yeah, like I made like bows and magic staffs and guns and whatever. And, I added a bunch of new entities, like some weird skeleton things, a giant uh, metal juggernaut that blows you up, and some other really fun stuff. Hmm. So, do you program within Minecraft through a CLI or some other way? No, I I use an ID. I use Eclipse, actually, for all my Minecraft modding purposes. Can you describe the workflow of programming something in Minecraft? Well... I first I have to think of what I want to make, right? And then if I know how to do it, I'll just do it. Otherwise, I usually go on the forums or I search it up how to do it. And then I do it. And I, I usually use GitHub to check in all my code. So if something doesn't work, I'll go back to a previous version and try again. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about MobyCraft. What is MobyCraft in more detail? So as you said before, it's a way to manage your Docker containers in Minecraft. And basically, it can show containers physically made of Minecraft blocks, and it adds a lot of Docker commands to the game, and also adds some new convenience commands I made. And um, it also it, it's basically just a visual representation of Docker. Right, and as you said, it's a client-side Docker mod that's inspired by the server-side Docker craft. Yeah. And you already touched on this, but let's unpack this a little more for people who are a little unfamiliar with this landscape. So talk about Dockercraft in a little more detail and how you have used Dockercraft in the past. So um, my dad found out about Dockercraft actually, and he knew that was when I used to play Minecraft. So he told me to try it out. I, I tried it out. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool, but I also realized that since it was a server-side mod, they didn't have much... They had a lot of limitations, so I wanted to make something similar, but with more um, more creative stuff, like um, what I have right now. Hmm. What are some other ways in which people have used Dockercraft to give the listeners an idea of how the project works? So, um, I haven't... I, I don't know if anybody actually... Well, I don't know anybody who's used Dockercraft... Per se, but um, it is basically the same fu- same basic functionality as MobyCraft. 
Okay, and explain again how the two compare. Explain how MobyCraft is different than Dockercraft. So MobyCraft, um, I've added some new blocks that go in the containers. There's some new entities. Like there's, there's a, I added a 3D representation of the Moby, the Docker whale, and um, I also added some other stuff that I'll talk about a bit later. But in Dockercraft, it's the same thing, just without all the extra features. What does that mean to add a new block? Well, like, in Minecraft, there's a bunch of blocks already. There's, um, like, an iron block or a grass block or a dirt block. So on the blocks I added, it's called, like, a Docker logo block. It's basically just a block that shows Docker logo. Right. So what... What does a container look like once it has been instantiated within the Minecraft world? So it's a box, a 5 by 5 by 7 box that has some buttons and signs inside it. It has the Docker logo block on the front. And there's, there's buttons for like starting or stopping it. There's a button for showing more information about it. There's, um, what was it? There's signs saying the name and the image of the container. So, yeah. What kinds of Docker commands can you run from within Minecraft using MobyCraft? Well, most basic commands like Docker PS, which lists all your containers, or Docker RM, which can remove a container. And there's also some convenience commands I added, like uh, Docker kill all that just stops all your containers, or Docker heat map, which shows you which containers are using the most CPU or memory. So if I press a button on the container so so just so listeners know the way that this that this looks in the docker world is you have this actual structure that looks like a container and it has a button on it in the minecraft environment and you can press that button to start or stop the container can you tell me what is the end-to-end interaction of code when you press a button within minecraft to make the container start or stop so you press the button in the container, and then it ru- it goes to a command block in Minecraft, which runs a command. And in the code, that command um, sends a REST call, which is like a way to um, send messages, kind of, to other things. It sends a REST call to the Docker host, which controls all the containers. And the Docker host, wait, yeah, the Docker host will say tell the containers the container to shut off so um if you're doing it if you're running docker on like command line you just do the command that sends the rest call but here you press the button then it goes to the command block then the command and then the rest call so the container that i press a button on does that have does that container actually exist on the same machine that minecraft is running on yeah um each container runs on a virtual machine, usually a Linux one, and those virtual machines are controlled by Docker on your machine. Okay, and they they cannot be on some remote machine on Amazon, for example. No, they they, they could be. Um, I I don't know if this mod can support that yet, hmm. but it's something we're planning to do sometime. Interesting. How does the speed of the uh, of the in-game container interaction compare to the speed of just the Docker CLI? Well, it's it is slower, definitely, because um, I actually made an analogy about this. 
uh, if you're eating pancakes, right, you have a stack of pancakes, the smaller it is, the faster you'll be able to eat it. So the same way, the fewer layers you have to go through before sending the rest call, the faster it'll go. So like with the CLI, you just um, you just do the command and it'll send the rest call. But here you have to go from the button to the command block to the code and then to the rest call. So what you're saying is essentially you press the button in the Minecraft world and the that command has to propagate out of the Minecraft world and then do the same things that the Docker CLI would have to do as compared to just entering the command directly in the Docker CLI. Yeah, exactly. Can you talk more about the interface between Minecraft and the command line outside of Minecraft? So um, the mod does not actually use a command line. It uses a, um, a Java library called Docker Java, which is basically just, it adds commands, um, Java, that you can, Java code that you can use to communicate from any Java program to Docker. So like um, with Docker Java, I could write some code that could stop a container or make a container or whatever. So the entire game of Minecraft is written in Java. So when I do something there, I can use those Docker Java things to um, to make do Docker actions. Right, and you built this in-game container wand, which is an object within the Minecraft world. Why did you have to build this container wand? Couldn't like couldn't you just have the Minecraft guy? make his hands do the activation interaction with the containers rather than inventing a tool to interact with the containers? Well, if it, I'm trying to make it kind of more appealing to Minecraft audiences. And like, in a lot of Minecraft mods, you have wands or magical things or whatever. So I'm just trying to make it a bit more fantastical, really. Mm. Because like... Right now, um, I have this thing where if you kill a container, it'll give you container essence, and you can craft a wand out of that. And that just seemed more Minecrafty than just punching a container and disappearing. Let's talk about a Minecraft mod more broadly. What is the spec for a Minecraft mod? So, what if you first thing that asks is what is a mod, and that is, it's basically short for modification. It's changing the game of Minecraft. I mean, you can add like. You can change whatever you want. Like, let's say I change TNT to explode bigger, or let's say I change a zombie to move faster, or let's say I can I can add stuff. I can add new blocks, or I can remove things. Like, I can remove an entity. There's there's all sorts of things you can do with the Minecraft mod. Can you talk about how you get started with a Minecraft mod? How do you build one in the first place? So, um, actually, me and my dad wrote a book about getting started with that. It's called uh, Minecraft Modding with Forge, and it's published by O'Reilly. Basically, um, it's similar to getting started with Java the normal way. Um, You have to download Java, you have to download Forge, and then an IDE, we use use Eclipse. And in there, we start off with making simple mods, just by making a file and adding some code, and then it works. And you go into more complicated mods, like... What am I like? Mobicraft, for example, is a multi-file mod that's taking some time to build. So it's 
not that difficult to get started if you have the resources and the information. When you were working on MobyCraft, what was the process for debugging and testing it? So I just run it, and whatever new feature I just added, I test it out. If it doesn't work, usually I'd get an exception in the in the console window, and that would tell me wh- where the error is. But if I don't get an exception, then I have to look at the code and go through it step by step as if it was actually running. There's actually a debug mode for this where you can add um, breakpoints, and when it goes through the code, it'll stop at a breakpoint, and then there you can look at certain values and see what might be going wrong. So usually it's just a quick and simple fix, but sometimes it can get more complicated. Does Minecraft feel more like a game or a programming platform to you at this point? Well, at this point, when I've stopped playing, I don't really see it much as a game anymore. I mean, it is, it is definitely a game. I know a lot of people out there still play it. But now I see it as a visual platform to um, to make things come to life, to be able to actually see them. It seems like there's a whole community that feels that way also. Yeah, but a lot of those people do play it as a game as well. I, I don't do that anymore. Hmm. So... Even when you're testing Minecraft or testing a mod of Minecraft, does it feel like the same process of testing code within an IDE, or does it just feel like testing a product? How, how does the the in-game experience of, of playing Minecraft differ from the feeling of writing code at this point? Uh, it's not much different, really. It's just that like, if you're making a, a Java program that, um, that, I don't know, shows stocks visually... Then you do something in the visual part, and you go back to the ID and check it. Here, I just do something in Minecraft, and I go back to the ID to check it. It's, it's not much different. Hmm. So you ended up collaborating with the Netflix team on your on this project. Yes. Tell me tell me about your interactions with Netflix. So um, actually, we first met at well, I was doing I'm part of an organization called DevOps for Kids. We do we're a nonprofit. We do workshops for. Um, for kids, technology workshops. And I was doing one of those, a Minecraft modding one. And apparently I had a tab for MobyCraft in the background because one of the parents noticed it and at the end of the workshop came up to ask me about it. So I told them it's a way to visually see Docker containers in Minecraft. And then he told me that he works at Netflix and that he'd like to use it for Netflix because Netflix uses Docker containers to run their services. That's how it all started. Now we have um, a port for their container API called Titus. It's the platform with which they run their containers and they test them and they allocate resources and whatever. So, yeah, it's been pretty cool. What have you learned about Netflix's Titus? Well, um, I learned that, first of all, they have a lot of resources they they some of their containers are really huge. Like one container can use more than sixteen gigabytes of memory. It's it's pretty crazy. I also learned that it it's um well I haven't learned much about the API itself, but I learn more about what Netflix does sometimes with their containers and um yeah. And so for listeners who may not quite understand the um the interaction be- between Titus and MobyCraft is that you can run the Titus platform 
on MobyCraft so that you can visualize all these containers spinning up and spinning down. And, and uh, I, I recommend listeners check out a YouTube video of this. It's quite interesting. Did did the visualizations of Titus within MobyCraft help you understand the workloads and the intensity that Netflix uses containers with? Yeah, um, actually, in that in, in the video we took, there were these two giant clumps of containers of the same type, and I learned that those are assigned to specific jobs. Like one of them was uh, machine learning for user preferences, like. If you ever watch Netflix, it'll recommend certain things for you. The, these containers help it become better. And there's another one for A-B testing. Like, if we change something to something else, would consumers like it more or less? So they use containers for a lot of important things. So in, in that video, there's all these containers spinning up and down. There's containers of all different colors. Do you have any idea what these different colors indicate? Yeah, um, if there's two containers of the same color, that means they're of the same type. So let's say there's like five containers that all work on um, on making user preferences better, then they'd all be the same color. But five other containers of a different type, they'd all be a different color. Is there a, a limitation on how many containers you can spin up in the MobyCraft environment? Um, not really. It's more limited based on your resources, like... On this Mac, I can probably run a hundred or so, not much more than that. But with Netflix's, you could you could run three hundred, four hundred, even more than that, probably. Did did Netflix have to do any any changes to the MobyCraft code and able to visualize Titus? Actually, yeah, they have to do a lot of changes. Um, so right now we have a way to switch it over to either Docker Java or Titus because the the two the two are. The Java code for the two is very different. We also have a function for um, mock JSON files, which is because um, when you send a REST call to Docker, it'll give you a JSON result. And the mock is basically for when you don't want to use actual containers, you just want to test it out. So it they took some it took some time for them to port it over to Titus, but it worked eventually. So I'd love to zoom out for a bit and just talk about how you got involved in programming because for listeners who don't know you're 13 years old which is pretty young to be building a minecraft mod that visualizes docker containers how did you get into computer science at such a young age when i was nine i was playing minecraft right and then um i was doing some stuff then i got some kind of error so i went up to my dad and i told him my jar file is broken and he was like how do you know about jar files? And I said, well, Minecraft is written all in Java. And then he said, okay, so you you teach me about Minecraft and I'll teach you about Java and together we'll do Minecraft modding. So that's that's how I started with Minecraft modding. But before that even, I started off with a different Java thing called Greenfoot where I made simple Java games and such. So I did start quite a while ago. Was there any aspect of it that was difficult for you, or did you just enjoy the process of coding the whole time? It was pretty fun, although I, I tend to get frustrated when errors pop up that I can't fix. But it, it was pretty fun overall. Do you mostly learn through projects, or do you feel like structured courses are easier to learn from? No, I actually tried some structured courses, but that didn't turn out so well. But I think I learned well through doing projects like this one. 
How does that compare to your experience at school? Because I know like growing up, like I didn't make particularly good grades in school, but then once I discovered computer science and sort of learning by doing and doing projects, it was much easier for me to learn. I don't know if you have similar experiences. At school, we do a lot of structured stuff, not much projects, especially in classes like math or whatever. And while I do learn, I just feel like it doesn't stick with me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think this this is something that's changing in education um more broadly, but I guess that's not a topic for this episode. Um do you plan to become a software engineer or do you have any any career goals at this point or you're mostly just learning? I think that a software engineer is kind of where I'm aiming right now. I mean, there's still a lot of time I haven't I haven't fully decided yet, but probably that's what I'm going to try to be. Do you want to close with like kind of what you're working on with MobyCraft today? Like what what are the so, the the big uh, missions that you're working on right now? So we're still working on um, adding support for Docker Swarm, which is when you have a bunch of Docker machines to share the load of container hosting, because we don't have a way to effectively visualize those yet. We can only do one Docker machine. We're also working on some other issues like getting containers from an Amazon Web Services cloud or another place, and we're th- we're adding ports for Google's Kubernetes and some other uh, pro- similar Java uh, Docker APIs. Interesting. So, are you learning about all these different schedulers now, Swarm and Kubernetes? Yeah, I'm, I've already learned some about them, something about them, but not not much yet because we haven't we haven't really delved deep into that yet. So when you think of those different projects, Swarm and Kubernetes, and maybe, I don't know if you're looking at Mesos, what are the differences you see between them? Well, I, I don't think I've learned enough to really see the difference yet, but I definitely have seen some differences between like Docker, Java, and Titus. Okay. So I know, I know that they're, they're all definitely going to be different, but they all do the same basic job. Yeah. Are there any other aspects of MobyCraft that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, actually, I added um, this whale called Moby. The Docker whale is called Moby. It's a Docker logo. is a whale. So I made a 3D representation of him, and he can spawn in the game and swim around. There's also a Chaos Monkey, which is um, a thing from Netflix. So let's say, let me, let me give an example to explain what it does. Let's say you are running an application in production, right? And then suddenly one of your containers fails, right? How are you going to fix that? Basically, the Chaos Monkey does chaos testing where it just randomly shuts up one of your containers and your applica- you have to see if your application can come back from that or not. So in the game, I have a Chaos Monkey flying around and destroying containers, and, and then the user has to see if they can fix that or not. Yeah, and... I think we've touched on this in some other episodes of Software Engineering Daily, this chaos monkey testing that your distributed system should be able to endure randomized failures within the overall yeah. system. Um, so it's so it's pretty funny. This is another thing that's a great video of MobyCraft to watch where there's literally flying monkeys flying around the virtual environment of MobyCraft, shutting down the physical containers Um it's pretty funny uh, because because previous to this, Chaos Monkey was just a metaphor for, oh, you've got monkeys running around in your data center 
chaotically shutting down your machines, but this is an animation of that actually happening. It's a flying monkey going around with a banana destroying stuff. And when it, <laughs> when it destroys a container, it gives you a container essence, which you can use to craft the container wand. Right. Okay. Is that the only way to craft the container wand? Yeah. I mean, but if you're in creative mode, then you can just go grab one. But if you're playing this in survival mode, which I do not recommend, then yeah, you have to craft it. Why don't you recommend that? Because um, in survival mode, it was like survival and creative are the two main modes of Minecraft. In creative, you can fly around, you can't get hurt, and that that makes it a lot easier. But in survival mode, you have to you can't fly around. You have to worry about getting um, materials and whatever. So I just added the crafting recipe to make it more like an actual Minecraft mod, and it's like it's like as if you're purifying the container essence to make a wand or something. It just seemed right. Okay. So I have kind of an odd question to conclude with, but we have seen this phenomenon of Pokemon Go in the last two or three weeks. It seems like augmented reality is finally taking off. Can you imagine this being a practical use case for MobiCraft? Like maybe you have an augmented reality display of your containers and you're interacting with them like using HoloLens or something. Uh, do you think this could actually be a practical way to manage our infrastructure? I think um, that's probably a bit far out, but that would be really cool. As if, if you could, like walk around and just thing, touch things with your hands and then you like swipe your hand and a bunch of containers pop up, you slice them and then they go away or something like that. That'd be really cool, but that would take a long time to develop. Yeah, we probably are pretty far from that still. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Aditya, thanks for coming on the show. This has been a really interesting conversation. Yeah, I think it was I, I think you're uh, you're building something that's really cool, and um, I really enjoyed watching you at DockerCon. It was a pleasure to meet you there. Thank you. Thanks to Symphono for sponsoring Software Engineering Daily. Symphono is a custom engineering shop where senior engineers tackle big tech challenges while learning from each other. Check it out at symphono.com slash sedaily. That's S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-O dot com slash sedaily. Thanks again, Symphono.